Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, and that means it's time for The Art of the CEO, the show for people who enjoy the challenge of business and who really want to do it a little better. I'm your host, Bart Jackson, the Hieronymus Bosch of business. And every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, the art of the CEO streams magically through the mightily misunderstood realms of cyberspace, where you may listen uh, and download all our episodes by visiting blogtalkradio.com slash the art of the CEO. That's blogtalkradio.com slash the art of the CEO. I just love saying that. So anyway, we invite you to listen and explore for your benefit. And whether you are a nurse who is trying to pull it all together to make her patients have a better healing experience like Alex, or whether or if you're the retiring head of a soup kitchen trying to find new ways for public service like Richard, we're here to bring you the Sage Council of Business Masters to help your career and your ventures. And today's episode is entitled, The Profitable Parachute, Exiting Your Business with Grace and Cash. And to guide us through this fiscal maze where the implements are multiplying faster than phone apps is Northwestern Mutual Investment Services' razor-sharp and warmly caring financial advisor, Miss Paula Brancato. So, uh, today we are indeed going to scrutinize the looming necessity that, well, I really, let's be honest, too many of you in entrepreneurial worker bees have been putting off. That is your very vital exit strategy. Just what are you going to do when you leave this business and to whom to go? That's the big unconsidered question. So, first, uh, I, well, anyway, let's do this. Before we really start giving you all these great profitable stratagems for your golden future, <laughs> Let's take a moment out there to supply you with a few utensils for today's Feast of Wisdom. So, uh, initially, as I always do, allow me to remind every single one of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. Now, that's the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, so allow me to ask, will this be the day that you take one good look at that magnificent God-given bio-machine, your body, and consider a few ways to provide it with some better care? Or will you forget all the joys of extending those marvelous muscles and continue to let your body lie at restful rest? The choice is truly yours. As a second utensil, it is time to dip into a little laughter and take a scriptural recitation from the 101 Best Business Quips book. So let me pull it down. Oh, this is fitting. This is fitting. This is number 24 in honor of our guest. A financial planner is an individual who has not been able to make himself rich, but who sincerely believes that with your money, he can make you both rich. <laughs> and as an after thought, uh, allow me to just note that you really might want to think about selecting your advisors by their own track record and their success. Let the cobbler's children go barefoot if they must, but your personal life savings are at stake, and so why not get someone who has a trustworthy and seasoned record of past profits, like Paula. Just a thought. Anyway, as a third utensil, and perhaps we should call today's utensil uh, the retirement fishing fork. Right now, we are going to give you the answers to last week's business quotation. And 
we invite you to email us the name of the author as you believe him or her to be if you know that name. Just simply write that name down and send it to info at bartsbooks.com. And if you are correct, we will send you a marvelous gift freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. So, the author of uh, last week's quote uh, was, in theory, there's no difference between theory and practice, but in practice, there is. <laughs> Those words were spoken by none other than the baseballs and the English language, the lamentedly late Mr. Yogi Berra. So, now, let us dig into today's Feast of Wisdom and find out how the top-talented planner of finance and uh, is, can guide you into living large with your business, Ms. Paula Brancato. Paula, how are you Hi, doing Mark. today? Hi, Bart. Uh, great. I'm doing great. It's good to be here. How are you? Oh, we're doing fine here on this beautiful autumnal day. Uh, Paula, uh, as Northwestern Mutual's financial advisor, you guide business owners uh, while their hands are on the helm uh, the, from the, making the transfer of power, hopefully before uh, the business has quit. Could you tell us a little bit of, about... Uh, the kind of businesses that you've been working with and how long you've been doing this. Tell us a little bit about what you you do as a financial planner. Um, Financial planners help uh, people figure out where they want to get to in the future and how they can get there in terms of their resources. So if uh, someone has a business and it is a professional business that they're managing, very hard to get money out of that business when you leave because whoever takes it over has to be a professional like yourself. But there are ways within the business to create sinking funds and tax advantage plans that would allow somebody to take over the business and to uh, give you significant cash flow when you leave. Uh, So what a planner does is really instills discipline on you to get you to where you were. That sounds frightful. No, well, but it's necessary. (laughs) It's necessary because, you know, you can, there are many, many athletes and celebrities who make tons of money and don't hang on to any of it, none of it. Right, right. And have nothing to retire on and go bankrupt and so on. But there are teachers who make very little and have one or two million in the bank by the time they retire. So it all depends on your discipline and what you want to achieve. You know, I think that's that's so true. I'm I'm glad you noted that because most of us, uh, or a lot of us, I say, have great physical disciplines, but our fiscal discipline is sorely lacking. And mm-hmm. uh, I I know it's it's true, but and we'll get into that in a moment because right now, before we uh, get whisked away, I do want to congratulate you, Paula. You have just been honored as Brava's Smart CEO uh, for 2000, among their awards for 2015s, and they have, quite justifiably, listed Paula as one of the top 40 female business leaders for this year. Am I right? Tell us briefly about that award, could you? Well, it's a great award. Um, it's Smart CEO and also Top Money Manager of 2015. Oh. Uh, big field of competitors, and it it was lovely to receive this, especially since my staff nominated me and my clients promoted me. Oh, boy. That is particularly, particularly poignant. When when your staff brings you up, that, that does say a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. 
And now you were and and this means because of that uh, staff appointment or, or nomination, you you were selected in many ways for your leadership achievements. So what I would like you to do is uh, think for a moment. Could you just to help our people out there who are looking for uh, a little guidance and tips? Could you share one or two of the disciplines, attitudes, communication styles that have worked for you? Something that uh, some leader in our audience might uh, emulate and adapt? Uh, sure. In terms of leadership, I think it's very important to uh, be adaptable, see what people need to move them forward. Some people need to be uh-huh. prodded to the point of anger, like on a tennis court. <laughs> Some people need to have a lot of encouragement. Others mm-hmm. need technique. They need to learn certain things before they'll move forward. And as a leader of a business or a leader of anything, you have to know when to use what and with whom. Uh, also, I think it's very important to have collaboration and work in a team with people who may be distinctly different from you and have completely different approaches. Your philosophy about what you want to achieve, your integrity, your values have to be similar, but the way that you go about achieving it may be very different, and you have to have a huge tolerance for that. You know, the reason I hire a Mr. Inside is because he does things that I don't do well or can't do or don't like, and he does them in that way because he's different than I am. So I need to learn how to take his advice and let him do what he needs to do. Oh, Paul, I'm glad you said that. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's early in the show, but I would like to just uh, note right now that we have just heard uh, what I call a quill pen moment. So I would like you all to take out, dip your pens in the inkwell, and jot down the timeless truth that Paul has just come out, and that as a leader, each person, each individual must be seen as such, and you have to find out, as Paula says, what they need, what makes them move. So jot that down and put that in your memory book. <laughs> and um, now, uh, Paula, uh, moving back to uh, the world of fiscal advice, um, one of the things that's always seemed to me, uh, there's a million of you out there. You you must know that. So <laughs> tell me, uh, how do I uh, find a good financial advisor? 90% of everything done in this world is mediocre, and yet I, I have it's my life savings. I want to, I want to be in that, get, find someone in the top 10%. How do I judge the quality of an advisor? Uh, how to get someone with a good uh, fit for me? Yeah, that's an excellent question. Um, You can look at the credentials of someone. I have a CFP. I have a Harvard MBA. I worked on Wall Street for many years. I've worked with a lot of businesses. I've owned and run businesses. But that alone won't tell you whether I should be the one you should pick to work with. Um, Nowadays, things are quite complicated. You want somebody who works well with you and works well with other people. You want them mm-hmm. to be able to work with your accountant, your lawyer, your ah, son or daughter who might be taking over the business. You want them to have a comprehensive, holistic approach. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're busy running your business. So you right. don't want to have to find every single sub-advisor, co-advisor. Uh, 
you want somebody who can assemble a team and quarterback it. And you want them to do it in a way that is sensitive to what you need, what your family needs, and what the business needs. And that can be very different if you are planning to transfer the business to your children who will run it as opposed to sell it to a strategic investor who will cash you out. That has different implications for everything, including your family and how you live into retirement or whatever your next step may be. You need somebody who who can help you work through that and who listens to you. If they're talking 70% of the time, that's not an advisor you want to be with. Yes, that's a radio show host. Oh, I mean, anyway, uh, I, I that's like a good thing in a radio that. show host. I, I suppose I don't know. My, um, but you know, you said something that I really liked in that is that that you not only have to have a fit for you, but he you have to he has to have a fit for the he has to be able to work with your accountant, your attorneys, and so forth. So. Uh, that's something that's a nice consideration. You know, there's a lot of things that people forget uh when they look at an exit strategy. The, usually they think price. Could you j- just since we're on this uh supposing I I'm just sort of brainstorming the idea in my private study about uh this exit strategy. Give me a couple of things. Give me two or three things that the odds are really good that I'm likely to forget. <laughs> that I'm not going to. I think you're, you're making a good point, Bart. Not all, not all money is the same. So maybe okay. I, I work with clients who had, you know, maybe a very large chunk of money coming in from somebody who would buy them out, and maybe mm-hmm. give one of the junior uh, partners. Uh, you know, head of the new enterprise as it fit into their bigger organization. But if that partner doesn't really want to be part of a big organization, I mean, presumably he's been in a small company because that's what he likes, then that offer, even though it might be two or three times an offer from somewhere else, isn't going to work. Um, You might find somebody who gives you a smaller amount up front, more over time, buys out the senior partner, and then is willing to put whatever you need into the business. I had a client uh, that had a concerts tour company, and he sold to a very, very uh, you know, wealthy individual family office that agreed right. to put $100 million into the business over the course of five years. Oh, okay. Because so in that's... the end, the value would be more for him. Of course, he had a longer time frame that perhaps you do or somebody else Yeah, might. yeah. But the earlier you start thinking about this, the more I can do for you, the more options you're going to have. Um, You know, if you want a family member to buy the business, well, how are they going to pay you? If you Mm. wait till the last day... You know, that's a very good thing. I I like what you brought up about the uh, fact that the buyer, that we normally think of the strategic buyer, someone flunks cash on the table, deal done, um, and swipes it off the barrel and it's all over. But you talked about this this pre-investment in the business. This is, and that, which is, of course, an excellent example of how to uh, get things f- forward-thinking. And there's a lot of tools that people don't realize in there. And, and I, uh, so that's that, to me, is one of the best examples I've heard of why I should get in early is because there's, there's other ways to use the money before the actual point of sale. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that's very good. Is uh, 
do a lot of people go into such sinking funds like that, or is that? Uh... Uh, not enough. The truth of the matter is, and this is very sad, most small and middle market businesses, about 80% of them, shutter their doors when the founder either passes away or leaves the business. And that's a shame because it's an awful lot of value destruction. While everybody else, you know, young people are looking for jobs. Uh, If you create an environment that has an apprenticeship component and you Mm -hmm. make sure that you pay your employees properly with vesting and golden handcuffs and so on, and then at a certain point, if, if it feels right and they want to take over the business, you'll have a kitty that they can pay you with. Right? So oh, of, of course. Excellent idea. I see. That's... But you have to set this up beforehand. You have to set this up years before. Five years. Again, ten one years, more reason more. to come in early. And I, I, that's a sad, it's a sad statistic, but it's because what, we all know what it takes to launch a business and get it going. And it, it's just knocking over a beautiful old building and, and letting the field grow fallow. Um, Well, it's even worse than that because if you don't do proper planning, you can be in a situation where this asset is your family's main asset. Suddenly you pass away, and you can pass away young. Now mom has to step back in the business. You know something I don't? I'm I'm feeling rather well now. You know? (laughs) Oh, oh, you don't mean just me. I'm sorry. No, I don't mean you. I thought you were expecting me to pass away young here. You better not. (laughs) But, you know, so so whoever was retired has to step back into the business and run it. The children who don't want to be in the business have to run it, and they somehow have sure. to salvage this business that everybody's depending on, and there's been no planning done uh, yeah. in order to yeah. avoid that. And it's very easy to avoid, and it's not an expensive process. Uh, that's good. I'm glad you brought that up. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to The Art of the CEO Show, streaming live from blogtalkradio.com. And we have come to the midpoint of today's Feast of Wisdom with Paula, and so therefore let us take a brief sorbet, if we may. It's time for me to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we are here today. And that firm is Prometheus Publishing, creator among uh, many other things of Bart's Books Ultimate Business Guides. And you may visit bartsbooks.com, that's B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com, and explore a wide wealth of practical wisdom from business masters. And every day, uh, there, are, there are new books coming out, and we put, bring them up to you. One of them, which we'll point to today, is called Behind Every Successful Woman is Herself. And this little thing is a gem. It's a guide that embraces all the thoughts of leading businesswomen and reveals to you their techniques, their disciplines, the all-important attitude for these ladies, uh, from these ladies, for uh, anyone who wants their career and their ventures to soar meteorically. It's also a great gift for the graduate in uh, your business community. So pick up a copy at bartsbooks.com bookstore. And by the way, if you enjoyed today's quip, said, gee, I'd like to laugh a little bit and have a bit of wisdom flung at me, we invite you to visit bartsbooks.com homepage, click on that little blue mailbox, and subscribe absolutely free. And by the eternal enigma of email, you'll receive a little laughter and wisdom dosed every week. So ladies and gentlemen, uh, and all those gutsy folk who are pondering bold new ventures during the brilliant illuminations of this autumn, we are back with the Art of the CEO 
show on blogtalkradio.com and back with the wise money mistress who knows how to make fiscal instruments uh, work for you, Paula Bracato. Paula, uh, I, I wanted to get into something. I would give, us a, give us a little example here. I'm going to ask, uh, but before, actually, before we do that, tell us how someone who is looking for exactly the kind of early planning that they need. How can I get in touch with you? Oh, okay. Well, thanks. Uh, the best way is you can call me directly at my Northwestern office, which is 212-819-1800. I'll repeat that, 212-819-1800. Or you can okay. email paula.brancato, B-R-A-N-C-A-T-O, at nmnancymary.com. All righty. Very good. Now, uh, in the second half, I'd like to sort of play a little game. Let's call it's called clarify Bart's mind. <laughs> you know, love this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> look at oh, look at the time. You got to go. Uh, I am I'm Bart Jackson, and I own uh, the thirty the thirty person customer furniture making business. And I founded this thirty years ago when I was twenty five, and I. So I storm into your office and I announce, and I say, well, you see, Paul, I, I, my daughter's kind of interested in running the business, but I don't think she's old enough. And I, I've got this manager who's only too eager to take it all from, over. And then, of course, I've been looking at this, this uh, new strategy, which could move us from regional to national. And, and by the way, Paula, I need to plan my exit strategy. What should I do? <laughs> <laughs> so okay, that may I let, stop my befuddlement and set me on the track. <laughs> First, take a deep breath. <laughs> And then second, let's talk a little bit about what you have in mind for what you would do next. How much money okay. do you need from the business? Where do you see yourself? What do you what do you what would you like to accomplish? Do you want to exit okay. now in five years? What's your oh, dream that's a, plan? I thought about that. Let's say five years. I, I want to exit in five okay. years. Okay. So in five years. Okay. And have you done evaluation of the business? Have you any idea what it would be worth or Oh. Uh I think it's worth a whole lot. You do you think I should have it done professionally? Probably, but we can probably get a fair idea of what it might be okay. worth. You have, um, you said you have thirty people in the business, right? And what yes, kind of revenue? Right. What kind of revenue did you have? Uh, we've seven seven point million has been a, seven point two million has been the av- average annual revenue for the past uh, okay. three years. About. And the EBITDA, the um, profit after tax or before yeah, tax. Right? Um, okay. I think you're taking me down the path. You're you're valuating the business. I think, I think we what would look at done. the value of the business. But then the yeah. more important questions are: let's say, let's just say it was worth one times revenue, about seven million dollars. Okay, you know all right, yeah, that the would guy be next standard. door to you just sold his business yeah. for one times revenue. Okay, and, so and this, by the, the way, in this become, market, they're, no, it's it's, it's crazy. Ahead. They're they're buying them at twelve times EBITDA. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway. yeah, it must be a very high-tech furniture company. <laughs> you never know. Yes, that's right. Everybody always the ultimate Barco lounger. I don't know. So, how long Go has ahead. your daughter? How long has your daughter been in the business? Has she been in the business at all? Well, she's been, ever since she was thirteen, and she's now okay. twenty-one and just about to get out of college. Great, and she wants to take it over. Has she been managing it? What's her role now? Oh, she's gotten straight B pluses at um, Wandering U Tech. Uh, in in her, in her business classes, so she really isn't involved in the business today. No, no. Um, really. Okay, <laughs> but I'm okay. very proud though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's good. Sounds like she's a great gal. 
<laughs> and it's nice that she wants to take over the business because a lot of kids don't. Um, what kind of cash flow is there in the business right now? Okay. Uh, I think we're gonna. I think we got that idea. I, I hate. I could. I'd love to run, spin this tale forever, but I think we got to. We. I think, ladies and gentlemen, you're getting the idea that here is a woman who cares personally. She's got good financial plans. Her that cares personally, and is at the same time teasing apart all the Gordian knot of what what really consists in my business, and that's great. Now, uh, and speaking of the warm and caring, Paula, I I, I have to do this one. Now, I know that you came into financial planning by, shall we say, as a less than typical route. I I understand that uh, you've been on Hollywood. I understand that you did uh, stand-up comedy. You wrote comedy. So Mm -hmm. uh, as an expert, I would like to ask you, this is something near and dear to my heart, could you give us some real and honest benefits on using humor in business, it's a bit of a curveball, but my wife's mm-hmm. husband always says it's the best possible business tool. Do you agree? I think humor is very helpful, especially when you're discussing things like this, exit strategies, <laughs> what do you want your family to have when you're not here? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. death and taxes is what I talk about a lot. Um, uh-huh. You have to have a sense of humor about it. You know, life is short. You have to try to achieve what you want to achieve and leave behind something that matters to you. And very important to do that with humor and to look at these things with humor so that you can get through some of the very difficult discussions. Financial mm-hmm. discussions are not easy. Financial security is not an easy thing to solve. And unfortunately, it it is more of a taboo to discuss finances in this culture than to talk about drugs, sex, you know. People have the discussion about that with their children, but not about money. You know, that's a very interesting thing. I I can go to a cocktail party and people say, do you want to hear about my colonoscopy? To which I say, no. I don't want to see the video of the birth of your son. But, But if you ask them how much... You know, it's uh, when we when we're doing uh, a business sale, unless it's a straight sale for cash to a strategic buyer, uh, there's there's most businesses are caught in this sort of bit of a bind and balance. I want to make this a good um, a good sale, so I, I want to get my security out of this, but I want to keep the business thriving. You can see the balance. Right. You've given us one or two uh, ideas about having uh, money come in from the side. Is there any any other just just uh, quick tips for achieving security for both the owner and the company? Um, just know what it is you want. If it's okay to you that you cash out and the business may not be around in five years, that's fine. If it's okay to you, if that's not okay, and you want to make sure employees are taken care of or that the business has a legacy, then you must make sure that whoever acquires it feels the same way. So you might want to sell to a buyer who has a very long time frame, as opposed to somebody who's going to buy the company and flip it in five years. Um, so, uh, you know, get get good advice. Get people in there who understand these things and aren't going to push you to take an offer that is not appropriate for what you want to accomplish. Sounds like I also have to do some real pre-prioritizing to to get things in order there. And and again, a good good advisor will sit down with you and help you and your family and your partners do that. Right. I mean, maybe I loathe all my children and I really care for all my workers or whatever. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) 
talk mostly about owners at, at this point. Oh, just give us one or two uh, quick pieces of advice as we come in, come to the end here about the high level executive. In other words, I'm not mm-hmm. the owner, but uh, I, I'm still a major player. And I, I what do, what should I be thinking of for my own exit strategy? Well, you should any, any be thinking tips? of whether 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 you want to be involved in the business and for how long, whether you have any equity in the business. If you do have equity, is that a position you want to continue or do you need to diversify out? Anybody who's oh. approaching retirement should be thinking about de-risking their portfolio uh, and oh, having okay. tax-advantaged buckets of cash they can pull money from. Sure, uh, sure. And also talking about what retirement means. If you're single, you can make it be whatever you want it to be. If you're married, you probably should check in with your spouse to see when they want to retire, what they want to retire on. In my, you know, 10 years of doing this, I have never had a couple sit down and come up with the exact same amount of money they think they need and the exact same date for retirement. (laughs) That's very telling. You be married for 40 years, you never talk about it. No, that's what I. You know, it's sure I'm true. I I, I know that uh, my my wife says. Uh, I think about retirement. She says, just when you drive the the Porsche full of money into into the driveway, son, we'll talk. Um, yeah, Paula, you are not as as we come down to the end here. You are not only an accomplished, award-winning financial planner, but you're also a noted author of several in several genres. Could you give us the name of one or two of the pieces that you've penned and tell us how we could get a copy of it? Oh, okay. Uh, I guess um, my favorite book that I wrote, it's a poetry book called For My Father, and I'll, I'll put it out there now because its um, he passed away last year, so it's, it's very near and dear to me. Many of the poems have been published uh, and won awards. Uh, I'm trying to think where you can get it. You can You can get it online if you look it up, For My Father. Uh, by Paula Brancato. It's also on my Facebook page. And okay. anybody who has a father, I think, will appreciate it. It's it's a lovely book of poems and about family. Paula, I can see why you uh, are such a good person to deal in the trade that you are about caring about families and the the ties and your the relationships people have. I, ladies and gentlemen, I, I think you would be hard-pressed to have someone with not only a greater concern but expertise. Paul, I thank you very much for coming thank on you, the show. Thank you, It was a lot of Alrighty. fun. Thank you so much. Okay. And ladies and gentlemen, as we round out today's show, allow me to leave you with today's business quotations. Who was it who said, if you're going through hell, keep going? <laughs> this, uh, as a hint, this is the same gentleman who said, never, 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 never give up, and he certainly did not. And remember, if you know the author of this quote, just write the name of that author and the date of the show and send that right off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S, and you will win an astounding, life-changing gift <laughs> from the Dungeons of Bart's Book Bookstore, if you are correct. And finally, as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, while you're the le- uh, it's nice to have the leader out there who's in ranting and inspiring the troops to scrabble over the wall. Just make sure that you have the manager who's setting up the ladders. <laughs> to all you faithful and playful listeners out there, I hope you've enjoyed the Art of the CEO show today as much as Paul and I have enjoyed chatting it up to you. And remember... You may download this and all our episodes at blogtalkradio.com.
slash the art of the CEO. And next week, do tune in to blogtalkradio.com slash the art of the CEO to hear Mr. Michael Nall, founder and CEO of the Chicago-based Association of Merger and Acquisition Advisors, uh, who is going to talk about the pitfalls and pratfalls and unconsidered top techniques that are involved in selling a business. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, it has been a privilege. I thank you.